2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
3: Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians.
4: Hello and welcome to another episode from a view from the Bullins, with me, Mick Kemp, Michael Ball, Ben Winstanley, Stanley, Lee McLean, and Carl McKenna. Lads, Chelsea two, Everton nil. Ben, what were your thoughts on the game?
2: Oh, cheers, mate. Coming to me first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a difficult one, isn't it? It was. Uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush. We didn't play great at all. Um, I thought we started the game quite solidly. We looked very compact in defence. Um, you could, it was quite clear to see that there was some sort of game plan to obviously stop Chelsea breaking. Look, hats off to Chelsea. For, they, they looked very good tonight. Um, they looked like a, a different side under Tuchel than They have under Frank Lampard. Um, there was an energetic, pacey. Um, everywhere you looked, there was pace and men running forward. Look, look they're a good side. They spent millions. You expect them to, to be that class above us today. Um, it was always going to be a tough place to go for me. It was kind of like a a free hit for me with the next three games that are coming up. Um, Obviously, Burnley, Brighton and Palace. um, I'm not too sure in what order, but they're now enormous games for us to kick on for the season. But back to the night, we we all know as Evertonians that Ancelotti's got this team punching uh, above its weight. And sometimes against teams like Chelsea, uh, it just won't be good enough. You have days like that where, I think you said Mick and the group chat, when you've got 70% of the ball, um, and we've got 30% chasing down a game, it's difficult it's it's quite hard to grasp you've got to keep on running off the ball following your runners which leads me on to the first goal for Chelsea which is a bit of a comedy of errors really for me um, I think obviously Gomez has pushed forward, quick tiki-taka football in the middle um, Holgate's been drawn out to try and fill that gap um, and then Awobi hasn't followed um, Alonso and you just got to feel sorry for Ben Godfrey because he's just come at him with a, a, a massive deflection off Kai Ervert and it's, and it's 1-0 Chelsea. So that goal will be looked at in training um, and it's just a comedy of errors really. I think it wasn't just to blame. Uh, initially I thought, oh, what was Holgate done there? But if you look, look into it in a bit more depth and detail, you can see there was a three, three big errors leading up to that goal and um not following runners and getting drawn out of position is a massive no-no against a team as good as Chelsea. And do you know what? Credit again to Jordan Pickford. I thought he played really well tonight. Um mm. I know it was obviously a fault for the penalty, and um, but I thought it was a great ball and great run um by Chelsea to obviously get the penalty. But I thought Pickford played really well. Uh, he made some mm. terrific, terrific saves. Um, and he looked solid in command. and commanding again. I'm just feel a bit sorry for him that he, he he's obviously conceded two goals. So overall, it was slow. It was sloppy. Um, there wasn't very much going forward, was there? I think all Evertonians will, will agree. But you know, there was chances there. We had a free kick in the first half that we could have put away with Charles. And had a few attempts tonight. But I just think it put that down to a bit of an off night tonight. It's to, uh see that as a free it. But the next few games now are absolutely massive to so actually kick on. Um, Against teams that are blows in the Premier League, if we pick up nine points, that have been great in the next three games. And looking back, all Evertonians f- from the past few games picked up nine points out of twelve. I would have took that any day. Of the week would have bit your hand off before this set of games. So, yeah, look at the positives. Um, we kick on. Night of a gift for me, and obviously all Evertonians and Everton themselves. But let's let's look forward to the future. Let's try and get the win against Burnley next.
4: Oli, mm. do you have any uh, any concerns with the way we set up in the game? Obviously. <laughs> It was what we expected. You know, we were going to sit in and try and frustrate Chelsea. Up until the first goal, it, it was sort of working. I've seen a few Everton fans, obviously, online, on social media, thinking that maybe we should have got up the pitch a little bit more. What, what were your thoughts on that?
3: Um,
0: well, it's worked for us in the past. Um, it's how Carlo sets up. It reminds me when I have played in a, in a few teams where you're, you're against top quality side and you've just got to be compact. You've got to stay together. Communication is, is massive. Um, it, it, it's mentally tough as well as physical, and and what you do, you you just wait for your opportunities and hope the quality going forward that you can pinch something. Um, I probably think back to me Sven gordon Eriksson days at Man City where we were just starting to become a good side, but we weren't that quality. You know, there's probably five or six good teams ahead of us, and we we had to work as a team. And then hopefully you can get your Alonso's and your your Rubinos, you know, in the right areas to try and clinch your um, you know, a, a point or a win away from home, um, and when you play at home, you play a different style. Um, under Carlo, you know we've got results playing this way. You know, being compact, being difficult to to break down. And unfortunately, tonight when we when we got the ball, it was like a little bit of a hot potato. We didn't really have that quality, you know, especially the first half. In the first half an hour, you know, we were we compact, but we had nothing really going forward. But when we did, I think Awobi got down the right, and he just. Floated a ball, in. you know if that was Hammers, you know it could be a different type of cross, and it's you know it, hopefully a DCL header on the end of it. Mm. Um, we had the free kick with Digne and Gomez. I think at the shot at the edge of the box. You know that that's all we really had. And against top teams, you've got to make the most of them opportunities. You're not going to get many away from home against big teams, and we just didn't have that quality tonight. Second half, you know you're going in. It's one nil down. You know we've got to improve going forward and we've got to start playing a little bit higher up. Which the lads started to do that and um, they needed to get into the game a bit more. Um, Chelsea obviously dominated possession and, and looked a lot faster and stronger than us and it looked like the, the team to score more goals, but we still had our opportunities. Which you know, Richie had this you know, great chance still at 1 0, and then he just snatched at it, and that's sometimes it just it happens the amount of times we've sort of snatched goals away from home and we've gone on to, to win the game or well, we got a point tonight just wasn't to be um it was it wasn't lack of effort i thought a lot of the players you know even richie as well you know they, they put in you know a long buster performance i thought mentally just to keep it tight and we were are winning the ball we're winning it in our final third so it's a lot of effort just to get up into their final third you know, to have an opportunity, and, and then we just look tired. You know, maybe the you know, the last couple of weeks has took it out of us, you know, sharpness wise. And um, you know, but credit to Chelsea, you know, they do look, you know, a totally different team. You know, they, they look, they've got a bit of desire, about a bit of hunger. They, they're trying to improve and impress the, the new manager at this moment in time. And we've, you know, we just sort of caught them on a good day and. But in the past, we've we've set up like that. We've set up like that against many teams this season and come away with points. So it was very understandable um, to set up that way. It's just we never took our moments in the game. And when that happens, it makes it difficult then because you, you, you're going to chase the game. You know, Jordan, you know, the two goals really were lack of communication. You know, Holgate got sucked in. Um, if he was a more experienced defender... He should have held his position a little bit and make the switch a lot earlier. But we were, I think, just a little bit fatigued mentally. You know, just trying to catch our breath and got caught out. And that's what good teams do to you. You know, if you leave the door a little bit ajar, they'll they'll punish you. And, that, and that's what really happened with the first goal. Uh, the second goal again. We're, we're, we're trying to get into the game, but then one pass beats beats a lot of us. Beats the whole midfield and goes down the side. And that's the gap in between your full back and your centre halves and. You know, Jordan's making a decision, and you—you know—he he brought him down. Um, no complaints. He was unlucky not to get a, a touch on it, to be honest. And uh, but after that, he—you he, know—he kept the score. The score only to two 0 you know, mm. Probably a little bit late. you can say that because we were chasing the game then. And then it was, as the commentators were saying, it was like a basketball. It was up and down, up and down, really. And the game was getting stretched, and we were getting a little bit more leggy. Um, but. Got no complaints. Um, sometimes you just come across good teams and it's just not your night when you get your opportunities. Um, it's night like this, you can sort of forgive and forget. you just got to learn from it. Um, where can you improve? Um, and I feel tonight where we can improve is possession-wise. It was a little bit like a hot potato. We were a little bit erratic in our possession at times, but I think that was just down to tiredness and fatigue for Chelsea. You're making us work so hard to win the ball back. Um, so now we just got to learn from that and, uh, and move on. And, you know, we've got, what is it, 10, 10 11 games left at the end of the season. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of points to win uh, from now to the end of the season. And we just got to learn from this performance, put it to one side and, and focus on the next game. That's our most important one.
4: Mm. Carl, I know you were hoping for more going forward, but with no Decore, no Yerimina, no Seamus Coleman and ultimately no James, was it a game too far for us?
1: Um, yeah, I think so, Mick. I mean, I don't like agreeing to that question, to be honest, but uh, I think I'll have to, yeah. gonna just being beat 2-0. <laughs> but I think the lads, you know, they've hit the nail on the head there, Ben and Borley, about what, what the way we set up and all that, and how it panned out. But when you've not got the likes of them players in your team, I'm who you're playing against, you're probably going to struggle in the Premier League because everyone needs to be fit and, we need our best players at the because you know the squad is it's stretched massively. So to, to lose to like of Hammers and Decore and you know, Decore for me's been probably our best consistent player of this season, to be honest. I haven't seen him play a game where I thought he, he was a bit off the board, maybe maybe in the first half against Liverpool when he, when he still got to settle down, but as soon as he did, he, he took the game again and no, I was gutted that I learned today that he was out for um, six to eight weeks I thought that might have been a rumour but it's, it's, I think it's true. So that's a massive, massive loss for us that Mick moving forward. It's huge. That Would mm-hmm. that have an effect on the team today? <sighs> yeah, I'm sure it would have to be honest. I think Ancelotti would have, would have liked uh, the core in the team today because the uh, way we can see it panning out is Alan needs someone with legs next to him. You can see that. It's It's in black and white. He's not the quickest of players. He's more about like nick, nicking the ball away and anticipating the ball. He's not going to run after players because, you know, as much as he hasn't played for three and a half, three and a half months, was something he's out for or just under? Yeah. He, he did look really leggy again. And, you know, if he's going to be in there on his own, that, that's probably the reason why the core was introduced to make sure that them two had a bit of, you know, a balance of mm. I'll nick it, you win it. So, to say, you know, that, that they both do the same job. If you if you hear me out here I think uh the probably got more chance of tackling and Alan nickel nicking the ball away and, and Decoray getting the getting a second ball so to say so I think they worked work well together and the fact that he was out of the team we, we looked really really leggy in there and you know Davis came on and he, he was sort of shorned out to that right hand side and that diamond that we got he didn't really do too well when he come on looked a bit bit rusty as well you know he been out for a little bit so yeah, fair to say, Mick, The answer to your question is, mate. We need them players in in big games, and you know our squad's not big enough yet to be going against Chelsea. Because from the way it go today, they they were exactly the way I like to see teams play. I I love that. You know, they were all over the place. Uh, they literally was like a wasp around the can of coke <laughs> <laughs> and we just couldn't get near them. And it, it, you know, as a as a fan watching Chelsea, if you that was anybody else. You know, you'd be pretty happy with their performance. There, they've just beat Everton. who have gone free unbeaten, I haven't conceded. Um, you know, and they've they've put us to the sword. So, yeah, I'm I'm not accepting it as like we we lost the game because we haven't got Rodriguez or the core. I am not accepting that at all. But it's definitely definitely a learning curve for us. All. i accept that. That mm-hmm. one thing that we can do from this is learn. Um. And maybe in the summer, when when, when we get through this, these next ten games, I'm not sure that we, we play. Do we play any of the top four, top five, of the next ten games? Mate? Uh I
2: wouldn't know off the top of my head. <laughs> got City away at some points, haven't we? I think. Yeah, I think that that's last game of
1: the season that is. Yeah, ben, we got Tottenham as well. Away. Yeah, we got and Tottenham at home as well. Yeah. So you know we haven't got we haven't got many you know big big teams away now. So let, let's let's get the lads back in and you know let's have a little look at the, at the issues that we faced in that game and. You know, we're gonna to have to we're gonna have to make do without the core. Right now it looks like he probably won't be fit enough till the back end of the season. So, mm.
3: you
1: know, it's it's back to the drawing board a bit for Ancelotti, and maybe he might have to tinker with that formation again. And you know, just before you move, we move on, Mick. Though I, I'm a little bit upset about some of the players that got an opportunity again today. Though I feel like it will be. I mean, you might you might want to touch on that with Lee in a minute, but I don't I don't really know what what's going on in his head at the moment. He looks lost, completely lost. And um, you know, I think players who were coming in on the fringe, I just don't think they're gonna be they're gonna be good enough moving forward, and that's another concern. You know, that's another concern because we do have to learn from from today. And does that mean we have to make, make changes to personnel again? And you know, you've got to look at that bench making. You know, it's it's quite it's quite worrying. I think, um, moving forward for us at the end of the season, and yeah, we can learn from from today. But you know, at the end of the day you're giving people opportunities and they're just not taking it. And, that, and that's a bit of a concern for me.
3: Mm.
4: Lee, do you share the same concerns as Carl regarding the likes of Alex Awobi? I know he's probably not playing his, in his preferred position. I mean, he was almost like a right wing-back at times today. But do you agree with Carl and think that there are players probably not taking their chances when they're giving them?
3: I'd agree with the Awobi shout, yeah. I think I was quite surprised to see him start tonight because he he, he, he didn't. Uh, do himself much justice in the last game. So I was surprised to see him on the team sheet. I thought when we heard core he was going to be out, um you know, I thought we were going to see maybe Bernard start or or maybe Josh King giving a start. So it was a bit of a a weird one and he certainly didn't again he didn't do himself any favours there. His performance was massively below par. And then yeah he didn't didn't really look too bothered when he got hooked. He looked quite pleased to be Taken out of the action, which is always a bit of a concern. I'm sure that's not the case, by the way. It might just be the way he carries himself. I don't know, but mm. yeah, I mean that tonight, it just felt like one step too many that this evening. You know, we, we've we've all mentioned it's it's such a tiring, mentally difficult thing to do to play a game without the ball for what between sixty and seventy percent of the time. You've got to be massively switched on. Mm. Um, it's no disgrace to lose to Chelsea. You know, we're not accepting defeats here. Don't get me wrong. And it's it's never okay to lose, but sometimes you've got to tip your hat to the opposition. And, and Chelsea look like a completely different proposition now compared to what they were a month back. They look much much more better organized, well drilled. Um, I think he's not chopping and changing as much. He's you know trying to get a feel of his best eleven, and they've got some really talented players that they've paid a lot of money for. So when you consider that and the fact you know the, the players we had out tonight. Could, could I see that coming tonight a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I could. But one thing that we've touched upon in previous weeks is that the results that we've had in the last three weeks meant that tonight was a little bit of a free hit. So we've come away with, with nothing, but it's certainly not a disaster. And if we go on and beat Burnley on the weekend, then we're still very much in the hunt. Um, I'd, I'd say, obviously, apart from City away last game of the season, and, and even so, they might be at the... the things wrapped up by then that could potentially be our hardest fixture left out of the way tonight. And we've got, you know, quite a favorable run of fixtures until the running. So it all's not lost. You know, I'm certainly not sat here feeling as despondent or upset as it did after some of the other performances that we won't mention. Um but but on the other hand, I agree with what the lads have said. I think this this style of play, you know, how sustainable is it? You know, it's a very, very demanding way to play, and you've got to be so on it and perfect week in, week out in order to keep getting results. And it to me, it seems like a style of play that he's choosing or he's having to play whilst he's in sort of a transitional period Mm. in his tenure. So, um, you know, when, when you think of the plays that he's got in his, you know, at his disposal, and then what he'd like to do in the, in the transfer window. Is he trying to just get through this period of time? You know, having to play, having to play this way, if that, if that makes any sense, um, you know, is he just biding his time until he actually gets his plays in that, that he wants to, and maybe a little bit more sure in possession, a bit quicker, a bit more mobile. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but to is a massive, miss, massive miss for us at a bad time. But you'd like to think that Tom Davis will come in and continue to get his opportunity. Um, and take it the way he has been in recent weeks and you know he does offer us a little bit more legs in that midfield and energy so you know here's his chance so let's hope he takes it and we can just you know put tonight behind us really quickly move on and get a result on at the weekend but all's not lost not Mm -hmm. feeling too bad Mm.
4: Ben I don't want to harp on about injuries um but just touching on what Lee's just said there, do you feel like Carlo Ancelotti's hand is being forced given the personnel that are not available and, you know, he's having to play a certain way given what he has available?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And um, you, know, you have a look at the comments that he said today about Alan. I don't think the, the plan was to even play him against West Brom. Um, he's just come back from being out for nearly 12 weeks of his injury that he suffered against Leicester away back in November. So you look at André Gomez, he's played a lot of minutes recently. Um, and we, we haven't got that luxury of other teams around us been able to, to rotate the players so like for example you look at Chelsea's bench today mm. they have the likes of Pulisic coming on Mason Mounts, um, other players that just come on and, and change a game single-handedly and you go over to our bench with the injuries we're carrying you're looking at like your Bernard that we spoke about previously where he can be brilliant but he, he's been more consistently not as good as we expect as Evertonians this year and um, it was good to see Josh King get a few minutes. Um, I, I would maybe have potentially started him tonight um, and given him a, a proper go because we haven't really seen enough of him for me personally. But in answer to your question, Mick, I absolutely think you're right. Um, Ancelotti is definitely getting his hand force of what he wants to play. would have been great to obviously have the Alan, Decore and James, your central midfielders again. But I, I can't remember the last time them three stars together, to be honest. Um, obviously, Hammers keeps on picking up little niggles and knocks. And um, Alan was out for a while now, the Corey, which lads, I'm absolutely devastated about. You know how much I love that big oh man. man? I'm absolutely gutted. You won't uh, running us for a while, mate. Oh, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gutted, mate, because he, he's been what a player he's been for us. Um, he, he's everywhere. I know people moan that his passing's not the best, which, which it isn't, but the majority of the time he gets back, he works hard for the team, he works for the others. He was our box to box midfielder, and I feel like we missed that drive tonight. And it's gonna be a big test in time for the likes of Tom Davis um, and Alan. Um, clearly Davis stepped up when others got it when Alan got injured. Now it's time to step up again for to fill in for right Now, for me going forward, I think Davis since he sits in that sixth position and Alan becomes your box to box midfielder. Um because, it like Carl touched on before, saying he did look a bit leggy tonight, Alan. Uh, I understand he's coming back from a, a, a bad injury. He's played quite a, quite a few minutes quickly. And obviously, Borley's touch on match fitness is massive when you're coming back from an injury and just getting up to speed and not having the legs next to you may play a part. So I feel like with Tom Davis just slotting in that sick position like he did when Alan was obviously out, I think. That's the, 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 the move going forward. Um, Push Allen, and Sigurdsson and obviously Hammes probably back for the Burnley game in that further advanced roles. and Yeah, we can all agree that we, we haven't been playing well recently. Um, we've said it on pre- previous few podcasts now, we've kind of not played well, but got the three points, which is ultimately what we want as Everton fans, get the three points. I don't, I'm under the impression I don't care how we do it, but it would be nice to see us play play well. And like Borley said, earlier on tonight. It was a bit like hot potato tonight. We couldn't really get hold of the possession and Chelsea were pushing like mad dogs. I think they were doing Carl's 15-minute starts. He's been after for weeks. They were just going addles and addles and addles and addles non-stop. And they weren't giving us an inch. Um And credit where credit's due, they, they kept that up for a while. And obviously we got spells towards the end of the first half and second half. Um, but, it, it, it. But it wasn't good. It wasn't good. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Like I said before, but like I said, he, Carlo Ancelotti's tinkering all the time. Um, he's he's had a few of his injuries out now, and it's hard probably to find the formation and get people in where he wants. And we spoke about it before. With Charleston and and Calvert Lewin together up top, work really well. And it's what formation he goes behind. And he's been swaying towards the diamond. Now, um, we've done four three three. We've done five three two. We've done three, five, two. We've done. We've done everything, and I still think the massive issue is down that right hand side. Nick, mm. clearly, of the likes of Coleman being out and not having, for me, a top right back is it, costing us massively. You, you look tonight, and and I understand Holgate is centre off playing at right back, um, but there's, there's nothing going forward. There's no overlapping, and I go back to me points on the last podcast. I felt like Awobi was up against two again. Um, tonight and there was no space getting created by overlapping runs and that for me is the biggest position that we need to sort in the summer that right back position is absolutely massive for us going forward we need to get that done early in the summer because that's where I think it's costing us, I feel like all our attacks down the left are really free flowing Dean would get on his bike for you all day but down the right I just felt like it was a bit stutter and start and we got exposed a couple of times and Obviously, we conceded from one and not from a, a fantastic world class save from Pickford for the for the second time they got in behind us and he made a really good save that we could have been 2 0 down in the first half. And that would have been all hope lost. But no, it, it's, injuries aren't helping us. We didn't have a particularly big squad to begin with this season. Um, you can only have to look at our bench. We've got half the under 23 sitting on the bench, which would mm. be great experience for them. Um, but we need our full eleven back quickly. And this summer is going to be massive for us as a club. So obviously fill in the voids, create Carlo Ancelotti's squad. This this is a project. Um, it's gonna take a few windows. We've got to be patient, Evertonians, but let's get behind the team, push on to Burnley, and hopefully we've got the class to beat them, um, even with the injuries that are out. So fingers crossed, we can get the three points in that one. Mm-hmm
4: it sometimes is a game of, of fine margins and just looking at the first half and thinking back to the first half, if you take away the own goal, I personally don't feel Chelsea created too much. And for the majority of the half, OK, Everton were sitting in and not and conceding possession, shall we say, but they were comfortable. And I think if we would have got in at nil-nil, I think we maybe the result might have been different. Do you think Ancelotti at half time would have been quite happy with the way the system was working, even though we were 1-0 down?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that what that's what his plan was, um, and even up going in at one nil, I think we were probably still lucky to go in at one nil as well. So we we're still in the game. The question was, is how we were going to get back into the game, how we were going to get up further up the pitch, are we were going to, you know, cause their goalkeeper problems? But the way Chelsea played, it was similar to say how Manchester City play. You know, they move the ball quick and they tire you out and as soon as you make that sort of lack of concentration or the fatigue sets in they punish you um and that's what chelsea did for us you know half an hour we looked compact we worked hard together as a team and, and as a unit we were difficult to break down a lot of stuff was in front of us but that takes a lot out of you um especially when you're trying to get up the pitch as well you you know you're in the midfield and your forward plays you've got a world we're basically playing you know a wing back and Look, you know he's a he's a street baller. You know he's a final third type of player. Um, but when you're sort of asking him to do sort of a tactical job, he seems a little bit lost. Which you know it's not his fault. He, he hasn't been brought to the club to do that, but he's been forced to play in that in that position. And he he played on it. You know, and and that's what you do as a as a good team. You you look for you the weak link and. You, you try and punish it, and and that's what happened. Um, And that's what good teams do. Cities have done it for you know a, a numerous of years, where they keep ball, they keep the possession, they play a lot of balls, you know, in front of the opposition. But you're moving them side to side, and as soon as one of the uh, one of the teams opposition sort of switches off, they, they find the gaps, they find, they find the the holes to hit you. Know, and that's what happened to us today. And um, and it, you just put it down to you know good quality play by Chelsea and. You know, we, I think we, in the past, we, you know, we've we've let teams in behind us before, but we haven't been punished because they haven't had the quality, you know, even against lesser teams. You know, we've mm-hmm. given, you know, teams opportunities to score against us. What we never did today was force the issue a little bit uh, in the final third or trying to get corners or be clever and get wide free kicks where, you know, in this season, we've done that. You know, we've got wide free kicks and we've we punished it, we've scored from it. You know, we've, we've been sort of very strong in our set pieces and it would look like it's going to be that type of game today where we're not going to do much possession-wise you know, causing them problems, but we have to sort of get up the pitch a bit more um, and, and try and play on the set pieces. It's ugly, but we've done it in the past and that's how we've, we've come away with points this season. So I think today was just about, I think... Yeah, just a good team playing well, and we, we you know, we, we didn't have a full strength side out. And when we did get the ball and in the right areas and, and had our moments, we just lacked that quality. We lacked that Hammers, that, the clever passes, the or the, you know, go, the, the ball falls down to Gomez. You know, how many have we seen him score from outside the box? It's not many. Just for, you know, so it was just one of them nights. I just felt that we, it just didn't go our way. And when we did get opportunities, Richie snatched at it. Um, so. Yeah, just the, I think Carlo would be pretty pleased at how the, the guys worked hard when it worked. But then it would be very easy to point out where it went wrong. Guy had the first goal with the communication with Owobi and Holgate. But you can find excuses of that. You know, Owobi's not... You know, it'd be very difficult for him to to understand what really went on. He hasn't played that position, you know, many times in his career. And and it's, it's all about communication. It's early communication. It's seeing it before it happens. And I think the lads were probably blowing, you know, and trying to catch the breath. And as to what happened, they were too late to get back into shape when we got punished. And unfortunately, you know, Ben Coffey couldn't do anything for the goal. Mm. Um So positives, when we when we do work together as a squad, we're difficult to break down. But what I'm looking forward to now and, and what I'm hoping to see going forward is we haven't got them types of teams now. We're going to be dictating possession. So how can Carlo get this team to play from being compact and difficult to beat to being more expansive going forward, which personnel are gonna, gonna start breaking the lines from midfield, running with the ball. I've seen a lot of Chelsea players today getting the ball and driving with it. Um we spoke about Allen today, he looked a bit leggy, but I feel with you've got sort of Sigerson and, and Gomez alongside you, you, you are going to be doing a lot of lot of hard work and you know it's gonna take it out of you if you've been out for three months or three days, to be honest. So moving forward, I think we've got, it's going to be exciting. Hopefully, to see how Carlo's going to get the best out of these players to to play more on the front foot, um, play more expansive football and more quicker and brighter in the final third. Because we don't want to be playing them playing that type of football against weaker opposition. Because you know, we it's it's not very good for us watching it from the couch, to be honest. Um, and I'd like just like to see us from now to the end of the season. just get points on the board of course but it will be nice to see us play a bit more expansive and a bit more free flow and that's when you get the best out of a Wobi and then forward thinking players is when they they know they've got a a job to do going forward I feel like tonight and a few occasions with with Alex he's he's been worried about his fullback causing problems then him causing the fullback problems and he's been caught in you know, in two minds and basically hasn't really wanted to, to do one or the other, which which does happen. You know, There's probably an overload of information and mm. he's forgot his basic his basic play. So hopefully, now at the end of the season, if he gets his opportunity or, or whoever gets it, I'd like to see Josh King, as the lad said, get a run of games now, a perfect opportunity to come in. And he looks like he's got the legs and the power to, to run with the ball as well. So I think it's going to be, um, you know, it's exciting and, you know, to see what Carlo can, can produce with these group of players now.
4: Mm. Carl, I think I said in the group chat, if we could maybe hang in there and stay in the game until about 70, so it'd be 1-0, we could maybe then push men forward and give it a go. I thought Jordan Pickford had another really, really good game today. Regarding the penalty, do you think he, he had every right to come out and try and win the ball or do you think he should have maybe held his position and, and not rushed out?
1: Um, yeah. I feel he didn't need to make that decision, to be honest with you, Mick, but I'm, you know, I'd am you be criticising there, uh, to be fair, on, on just that one point, because he was absolutely fantastic, again, everything else he did, but yeah, I think in that circumstance there, I think, you know, you had to look at the defender who, who he's up against, um, it was Goffrey, I think it might have been Goffrey at the time, you know, he's sort of running away from the goal, you know, he'd have done well to score from there, past, past uh, Jordan, so... I think he's he's that's rash from him now. and um, I think he'd probably look back at that and you could tell by his reaction that he half knew. Oh God, mm. I didn't need to make that there. You can you could just see it was written all over his face. He was all half hoping for an offside or something. He, he knew straight away that he'd made contact with the player, and you know he's, he's right side of the goal. He's he's not even in in like the goal line. So mm. yeah, not not the best decision from Jordan there today, but you no know, credit where credit's due. Sometimes you just. Phew, You've got, to, you've got to take your ass off and think he, he could have been six one without him. Um, sorry, six <laughs> nil without him today. So you know it, it's it's, like, it's just the Jordan pick for the of, of of goalkeepers, isn't he? He's, he's sometimes he's absolutely outstanding, and then he's outstanding with a little blip, and then he just makes a load of blips. So. He's been great, and you know, I, I haven't got much criticism of, of Jordan at the moment to be fair, Mick. I haven't got much to touch on him, other than I don't think he should have came for that ball No one. I think if he's thought about it properly, uh, and that split second would have just settled a bit, he, he could have seen that Ben Goffrey, he's up against Ben Coffrey I mean, he's got goals hard, not even almost got goals hard. Ben Goffrey would have got back in and dealt with that. So I think Jordan will probably be kicking himself about that and maybe thinking that that was the big turning point in the game. Um, Whether we'd have scored, Mick, I don't really know. So whether you blame Jordan for the turning points, I'm not too sure. Um, Or do we still be in the game at 10 minutes, like you said in the group chat? Possibly, Mick, yeah. I I think we possibly could have, but like Ben alluded to before, we, we didn't play well, Mick, at all. We didn't play well today. I don't think if would would the played there for another ninety minutes, we'd we have scored the goal. We just we just didn't look right and certain people in front of goal and and being one of them. We still looked a bit off it, you know, probably really, really tired. And, and you know, someone said that where the lads were getting changed was <laughs> was miles away from the pitch. but so I don't know, I don't know how that was like, but <laughs> not to blame that the walk back to the pitch second half, done them in all them excuses coming out the woodwork. But they looked tired, mate. And, um, I think Jordan will probably be kicking himself and yeah he maybe needs to have a little look at them decisions that he makes because he he is an instinct player Jordan so I think once he's made it, once he's committed himself he's fully committed Jordan I don't think he can ever like he's not like the half in half out type of guy he's like fully in or fully out mm. and um I think he's gone fully in for that title there and Ultimately, yeah, 2 0 down. Could could he have could we have got a 1 1 if we'd have stayed till 70 minutes? I don't know, Mick, but judging on where the game was going at that moment in time, I don't think we would have scored tonight, no. So I think Jordan can just swallow that one and and, and you know learn from his mistakes. Mm.
4: Lee, moving away from Jordan Pickford, I know Ben's a real advocate of improving this right hand side of ours, it's becoming a bit of a problem. There became a point in the 83rd minute, I think it was, roughly, when Holgate got the ball on the right-hand side and I thought, right, put in a good cross, we've got numbers in the box. And he overhit it and it went out for a goal kick. And for me, that was just a prime example where I thought, that's where you need a good right-hand side, a good right-back, a good right-winger to put in that bit of quality. And that right-hand side, we are lacking that, aren't we?
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely great point, Mick. It's becoming very evident now. That it's a it's a weak point. Um, obviously, you know we're, we're having a good season. Um, you know we're still in the mix in a couple of competitions and things are looking quite good. However, that right hand side, you know, it, it's not it, it's imbalanced. You know, you look at Luke Dean on the other side and his quality of delivery, although he's for me struggling a little bit uh, of late. Um, Holgate obviously hasn't got that quality of distribution. He can't be relied upon obviously as an attacking option. Um, you know, positional-wise, I think he, he could, could have been questioned for the first goal as well. Um, I think he switched off and allowed Alonso to get in behind him. Um, and then in front of him, your options are, are incredibly limited depending on what system you want to play. Obviously, I, I don't know if Alex Awobi is the answer long-term. You know, I think that's being kind to him. So, come the summer, I'd be very shocked if that right-hand side wasn't a, wasn't a real Focus point for brands and Ancelotti and whoever else, um, and I'm sure they're already looking at that. They will have already identified that on the homework because this is their day to day job. Um, and it'd be interesting to see who we bring in to address that. But between now and the end of the season, we have to find a way. Um, and you'd like to think that in the majority of games we've got left, we've we've still got enough about us and enough quality within the squad to still grind out. You know these results, and um, hopefully still end in a, in a European position. Whether top four this season is going to be a, a step too far, my gut feeling tells me it probably will be. Um, I think even Ancelotti would be surprised if, if you certainly look at the teams who are coming into form now with Chelsea and Spurs being two of the ones that spring to mind. It would it would be a surprise for me if we if we did sneak into that top four, but. Top seven's an absolute must, you know, and, and it's going to take a bit of a collapse when you look at the games we've got left for us not to finish there. But um we're gonna to have to do it despite of our right hand side, not because of it, if that makes sense. So um we'll have to wait and see. That's what these people are in a job for. We've got to trust that they're gonna identify, they're not gonna ignore it. You know, Seamus Coleman's clearly coming to the end. I'm I'm sure if you ask Seamus Coleman, um, if he's honest, you know, does he see himself as a regular starter these days? I, I don't know whether he'll what he'd say but I'd be surprised if he did consider himself to be so um yeah definitely an area we need to strengthen Mick um but every confidence that the team that we've got in place given given the recent recruitment record, uh they'll get that one right as well and we'll see an improvement next year. Mm.
4: Ben looking ahead Saturday half five kickoff we have Burnley at home they're currently on a five game winless run but in the last two they've they've Got two good results, in fairness. They drew 1-1 at home to Leicester and another 1-1 draw at home to Arsenal, but they are still in the thick of it and they're fighting for their lives. Are you anticipating a tough game?
2: Yeah, it's, again, not to mention the past previous results, but it's a, uh, one, one of them games, shall we call it, that we sometimes struggle to actually break down because they're going to be locked two banks of four, Sean Dykes and probably that big fellow off front, Chris Ward, who always seems to nick a goal. Um, they've done it to us before uh, they've come I remember the game where at Goodison where they, we, we, we played really well as a team and I think Jeff Hendricks scored a goal after about 60 passes and they went on to win 1-0 so we've, we've always seemed to it's going to be difficult let's, let's know two ways about it they're fighting for their lives down there Burnley um, but I'd like to see what Borley touched on before like the likes of Awobi going forward let's get their full-backs and wingers worried about us instead of the other way round um, this could be the game where we play in between the lines, we actually get the flow and passing. And it'd be it'd be massive if we could have Hammers Rodriguez back to this type of game. This is the type of game where we could actually play that right wing position and just be given the free roll like he was doing early on in the season. Um because they're not going to be coming all out at us, are they? I know they've got Dwight McNeil, um, who's probably one of their better players, um, who is very skillful, quick. But let's let's let them worry about us. Um, we're the ones who are pushing for top six at the moment in the European spots and it'd be really good to see an Everton performance just confidence and clinical from the first minute. Let's get like a proper call 15 minute start and just like go all guns blazing get a, get an early goal that would be massive for us we can all settle down then and they have to come out then and it plays into our hands it's, it's when we're struggling against teams when we're 50, 60, 70 minutes in and it's still nil-nil. And all Evertonians who obviously listen to this podcast will go, it's gonna happen. Here we go again. We all know we can all see it that it's gonna happen. We can all watch the first half of football and go, I've got a horrible feeling about this one. But I want to I wanna quash that this time against Burnley. Go out an early goal, get it sorted, get it done, and let's play football. Love and it, let's Ben. Play, Love let's, it. Yeah, let's play some expansive football and really go at them. I, I, I want teams to go to fear us going at them, not us thinking about agreed, agreed. them at us. Um at the end of the day, three points is, is, is essential and massive. But I'd like to do it in a nice way this time, if that makes sense. But again, mm. if, we, if, if we scrape a 1-0, I'll, I'll still be as happy as it will be if we win five or six. <laughs> but I just, I just feel like this could be the game where, I think Lee says it all the time, where it clicks, where we click into action and we really push, go for the jugular teams. And it's going to be tough, it is, but I feel like we've got the quality um, there to break them down and get the win in a in a good fashion. So fingers crossed for the uh, the Blues. I'm a bit nervous though to come to the prediction time at the end of this pod because I think I've got one right <laughs> like, yet. Yeah, so we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But Bowley, is, is it is it difficult? You know, I'm sure
4: you've been in the situation where you played in a game or played it in a few games where you've kind of sat back and you tried to stifle the opposition and and you've tried to keep it tight and then is it difficult a few days later to think right we're now going to take the game to a team and be the complete opposite
0: yeah it can be but that's just down to de carlo now and, and finch farm um i think carlo's come in and he's just worked he's, he's seen the problems we've had defensively the last couple of years and he's you know he's worked hard and we've seen the benefits of that of the defensive issues that we've had in the past especially on the set pieces and and being hard to break being harder to break down and yet there's still you know moments in the games where we can improve on but that's that's going to take time with with better quality players and a bit more of an understanding with a with a settled side and but then when you want to start to play in a bit more expansive that's just back down to the training field down to the coaching staff uh, to work with the players but the the back four you know we've we've always had Seamus Coleman for, for many years It's been the sort of our outlet on the right hand side and sometimes it annoys me because I don't want me right back to be up there, I'd rather have my winger do that job, Um, but it was sort of like times like today where Seamus would probably get over that ball and run 20-30 yards further forward and might get a free kick or we get a throw and we make something out of that Um, but while these players are out, it's going to be now to the end of the season can can we see the other side of us you know, can we force the issue? Can we get teams to worry about Hames that we did early on the season? Because then, when they're worrying about Hames, it gives the you know Richie and, and Calvert Lewin more space, and you know DCL thrived off it early on the season because everyone was trying to stop Hames uh, his space. We're getting two men on, um, and if that happens again, you know you, you, Richie's banging in form again. Hopefully, he get his moments, and as the lads were saying, we get the early goal. Hopefully, we can go and get a few more and make it a comfortable win for us. But mm-hmm. it is it is difficult. I, I do. It's back down to the training pitch and back to Finch Farm. Um, today, again, amount of times I've seen Holgate, and not just Holgate, I want to uh, just pick him out, but even our midfielders were passing backwards. We, we were probably in close to their final third and we ended up back with Bickford because we had no option. We didn't really have a game plan in possession. And Carlo, you know, He's, he's not daft you know he'll, he'll understand that we worked hard to be to be you know to, to the, for teams to break us down and we've been compact but then when we got the ball there wasn't a plan there was like oh now what you know just try and find the, the nearest man and hopefully he'll be he'll come up with some magic for us and that's what we were lacking today we didn't have a game plan in possession you know if you look at Chelsea there their wingers were on the touchline when they received that they knew where they were going to be passing the ball straight away, which made it difficult for us to stop. So now we've got to learn from that. We've got to think, you know, when we do get the ball in possession, who are we going to be looking for straight away? And if he's not on, who, who's the other option? You know, as a player, you'd always like to have three options on the ball and you, you, you find that the better players pick the right option each and every time. But today, I don't think we had three options probably in the game. You know, we just had one option just to pass it to your closest man and hopefully he could you know, magic something up. Um, so, you know, go for the weekends and for, and the rest of the season. That's what I'd like to, to see us add to our game. Yeah, we're difficult to break down. That's good. But now let's, when we get the ball, what's our game plan? What's our pass, pa- pattern of play when we receive the ball going forward? You know, you look at the other top teams, when they get the ball, you know what's happening. You know, they have midfielders running wide and then, you know, they have, Forward players, you know, interlink and play going on. We haven't seen much of that of this Everton side this season because of, you know, our defensive problems that we, you know, we've you know, we've had over the last numerous of seasons. And Carlos sorted out now, so hopefully it's a, a massive chance for him to get to work with the lads at Finch Farm and, and see our attacking side of play and show and show people you know who don't know Everton, you know that we 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 have got the quality to go forward and we can start getting our goal difference up a bit more, you know, because. You know look you know, we, we want to win football games and we want to win them in a pretty way as well, but it's just nice to see we haven't seen it for a while. We've been a difficult couple of months working hard together defensively and getting you know some good results on the way. but now I'd like to see being on the front foot a bit more and asking questions of the opposition instead of sort of sitting back being being a bit ugly, breaking down, and relying on set pieces um so yeah, be interesting to see how Carlo can get the the best out of this, these players moving out for the end of the season against the, the lowest opposition, because they're going to sit back. And if they sit back or we sit back, it's not going to be a pretty watch. And we've got to force the issue. And And these players are going to be playing for the future. You know, we've got money, you know. And and I think, you know, with Marcel Brands, he'd be popping his chest up thinking, you know, the players i brought in, Godfrey, he's been a hit. Decore wasn't on Carlo's list. He's been a hit. You know, Carlo, the, the players he's brought in have, have done well, so they will all want to say and they all want to have their input. And I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll, they'll all work together, bringing people in. But it's a massive opportunity for the lads who are here now. If they want to be part of this project, you know, if they want to be part of this club moving forward. You know, everyone could be up for sales, You know, Sigursen is doing well at times, but con- consistency letting them down. Mm. Is he going to be the answer? Everyone's got question marks on their head. You know, because of the the performances in some games they had and we want to improve year on year. So it's uh, from now to the end of the season, it's who wants to be part of this journey. You know, who who's got the will and desire to to work hard and work hard against the lower the lower teams to to ground results because good teams get results, you know, you know, against no matter what opposition you've got and you know we've been guilty of it many years and we we be putting some good performances with us as fans get our hopes up and then we throw it all away. That cannot continue. Um, so yeah, it's it's ones for the future for the players. The new lads who have come in have done well. You know, when Gomez come in, he stood out like a sore thumb, probably the best player on the pitch from you know before his injury. He's come in and he looks like an average normal player now because of the qualities we brought in in and around him. And that's gonna keep improving. You know, we've got the money, we've got the pull of Carlo, we've got the pull of the say, the stand and the project where we want to go. And top players wanna to come to us now. Um so the lads who are here, they've got to work for their futures now to, to be a part of this.
4: Mm. Guys, it's that time again. It's prediction time. Burnley at home on Saturday. Lee, we'll start with yourself.
3: It's going to be a tough one. For me. I think it all depends on Hammers being back for me. I think it's it's massive if he's going to be fit or not. I think he'll be the key to unlocking a tough Burnley defence. If he's back, I'll be a little bit more confident. But either way, I think we'll get over the line if we win 2-0. 2-0. Carl?
1: well I was feeling confident until eh, Ben and all I've said they're not too, they're not too eh, optimistic about the game eh, yeah it's a tough one again I, as Paul mentioned there and the lads soft it's, it's, it's banana skin on the cards again isn't think for this one because still go to break teams down I'm going to call it a draw Mick but not going to say a score
2: oh dear uh, Ben <laughs> I'm gonna go for a scrappy one-nil win, even though I've picked us up massively. Yeah, you have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bolley. Well, to confirm, I wasn't
0: drinking last week when I said four-one, <laughs> 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 and I'm not drinking now. But I'm, I'm still hopeful that it, it was going to click one week, and we're going to we're going to we're going to roll team over, and hopefully, it's going to be this weekend. I'll go.
4: I'll go 3 0
3: Lovely.
4: I'll go two in Everton, two now. Okay, guys, thanks for listening as always. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We will be back Saturday with all the fallout and hopefully three points at home to Burnley. In the meantime, stay safe, take care and all the best. Thank you.
3: Thanks for listening to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, the official away day pub for all Evertonians. And sponsored by flatback4.co.uk, clothing inspired by the beautiful game. And fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans.